guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Well, good morning, campers. Hey, guys. Now everybody's wide awake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Veronica, don't fix that in post. I want to keep, Please. I want to bless people when they first start the podcast. Um, it's the Bitch Seat Podcast. That's right. I'm Lissa. I'm Phil. And uh, we're here in uh, sunny Los Angeles where it's always sunny because we live in um, Pleasantville or something with a dark underbelly. And, um,. Our guest today is going to be the uh, the dapper Clayton Ferris. But before we get to him, um, let's uh, let's chat a second. Yeah. About. Um, <sighs> yeah, that's how we're that's how we're feeling. You can't see it, listeners, but Phil just sagged his entire face onto the mic. I uh, well, it's first of all, hi, listeners. Um, it's been a while since I've recorded. Been a while. And I also I just want to say, uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, this is the bitch seat. Uh, <laughs> subscribe to us on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, uh, and uh, you know YouTube. Uh, YouTube. I don't know. I'm just I'm just naming things. There's now. no YouTube. There's Not no YouTube. yet. There Although be to be honest, uh, be I am considering starting a vlog. Uh, vlogs are great. Let's um, vlog it. We have a beautiful apartment that no one should know about. Wait, wait. Why is it relevant? Because we could vlog in there. It's a nice setting. It's so much light. Oh, oh. I'm saying we can, the elements for a vlog are like, are like right there. Well, the other cool thing about our apartment, see if I say this out loud to people, then we're going to actually follow through with it, um, is that we are. Really? We have a, yes. Okay. Uh, so we moved in, as some of you may know, with our engineer, Veronica, who is right here in the room. She's looking at me sassily. Uh, and there is a tiny room in this apartment uh, that is currently just being used for storage that we are going to transform into an audio studio so that we can record in our fucking pajamas. Seriously. I mean, honestly, we could record in our pajamas here at Nerdist too. But it, it does require like 25 minutes in the car first. Yeah. And, you know, in those 25 minutes, your body naturally dresses you. So we, we want to catch it before we get dressed. <laughs> Wait, you mean it's like a Jetsons car? Yeah. You get in the car, and the car brushes your teeth for you and combs your hair puts and puts on your polo shirt. shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you wear every day. Um, yeah. So it's um, been a while. Yeah. Uh, so, Phil. Yeah? Uh, how have you been doing? Why, why can't you ask me that question? Because this is a podcast where, uh, we, where we talk not only about our childhoods, but about how we're living now. It's annoying. Uh, I, have, I don't know how good I'm doing. I just know that I feel like I've I've poisoned myself on social media uh, by being honest. I feel like I I can't I can't pretend that I'm having a good time uh, honestly anymore because people know that I have misgivings about being here. Uh, mostly, just it's it, it has nothing to do with the weather. Uh, it has something to do with the people. And it has everything to do with the jobs. Uh, 
but it's but I'm I'm enjoying it and I'm finding I'm finding good nice things about this place, but I'm I'm also finding a lot of negative shitty things about this place that I feel like a lot of people don't discover uh, until later on. Well, right. I mean, I think that that's the thing about L.A., right, is that it is very beautiful. Uh, it is like the sirens yeah. in the Odyssey, and People it lures you to it yeah. with its beauty and luxury, and then you get here and you're like, wait a second, this is... People would rather stab their own child than share an honest moment with you here. Like, they would... And they would they would do it without thinking that it You've was a really horrible thing to do. You've really upped this because when you made that as a status on Facebook, I think you said stabbed a cat. No, You've no, really no. upped the ante to no, I feel their like, own child. I feel like a cat is probably more difficult than their own child because their own child has probably pissed them off and they've had conversations with them where they're like, oh, am I a bad parent because they, this child learned to say this? And then they don't think twice about stabbing them because it would be having to be honest with that child and tell them why they're upset with them. Um, yeah, I am having a hard time with, with, with some, with people here. But I, that's why I think it's important to, to talk about it. And the thing is social media for better or worse, whether we like it or not, has become the new write in your journal. Yeah. But I don't like that everyone can see it. I used to like that. I had, I, I used to be on the wave of MySpace journals because I used to, I used to (laughs) MySpace journal all the time, but only five people saw it. And it was only five people that I cared saw it, you know, now I want to, I feel weird talking to people in private because they're already following me on Facebook, so they already know what's going on. So I'm saying less on Facebook, and I'm not telling people what's going on. But it has to come out somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there has to be an outlet for it somewhere. Um, And I also, like, don't want to be considered a whiner or, like... No, you're you're not hearing me, though. I'm saying... Whether you tell people on a grand scale or on a small scale or not, those shitty feelings are going to be in your yeah. body. So you're either going to get them out somehow by writing them down or as you started to make these cute little videos, which I love on Instagram, you should follow him at Phil underscore Casal. C-A-S-A-L-E. Um, but, uh, but the point is we are all encouraged to live more publicly now, I think, than when we were kids. But – but also in LA, there's sort of you kind of get side eye for being for being sad or a depressed person, or just like brutally honest. I feel like people fucking right, hate but that. we have to remember that's why we came here. It wasn't going to be easy. We were going to be the novelty. We're here to yes. we're here to we're here to like spread the truth I know. of honesty. We want right? we, yeah you but we we can't have it. We can't have our cake and eat it too here. I feel in the first for for me in the first five months, I uh, you know. Me being honest and loud in me means, oh, I don't know if you'd be a right fit at this job. Well, you shouldn't be or, honest about your feelings at a job interview. No, 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 not at a job interview, but like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. Like, honestly, me, me as myself in public on the East Coast is, has less safety breaks on than in California, than I should in California. And I'm learning that, but I, I, I just think it's fucking stupid. I just think, why can't I just be me in a job interview? It's worked for me so well for the last fucking 30 years. Because people are different. Here. They're looking for different. They're, you, have to, you have to put on your costume and fit on, in among the aliens sometimes. But then when you have your creative pursuits, that's why creative pursuits are so vital. That's when you have to let loose and be loudly you. Maybe I'm just spoiled. I just spent so many years with people who were just so like pro- Self, I know, pro me. No, but I know, but then 
what did that get you? The point is that we're a dime a dozen on the East Coast where everybody is brutally honest and wearing all their shit on their sleeve. And then we came out here so that we could be rarer. Rarer? Rarer. 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 You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm, I, you're right. So, but it, you know, it, it, that that's a thing that happens eventually. Um, eventually I'll, I'll learn to fall in line with all the other lemmings. No, you don't have to fall in line with them. You just have to learn how to play their game. And then once you have tricked them into thinking you're one of them, you break out and Smash Mouth's All-Star starts playing. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I love that song. I know. Well, well, this was something that I learned from you in the car, uh, which is a, a good segue into, um, you know, earlier times. But uh, it came on the radio. We were listening to WFMU. Oh, is that what it was? No. No. We were listening no. to uh, KCRW? KCR. No, I don't even know what we were listening to. We were listening to a station. That played Smash Mouth <laughs> because it, it, it felt it was its duty to play it on a sunny, beautiful Saturday morning. And you said... I love this song <laughs> because this song is about me. <laughs> because when I was in high school, that was like a, I felt like a pr- I was a proud outcast. Like I was actually proud to fail to connect to a lot of people because it didn't because it, it, back then it didn't matter to yeah, me. Yeah, because it's all about anticipation when you're younger and you're quote unquote like if you're not succeeding when you're young, if you're an ugly duckling or like late to blossom or whatever it is, it's okay because you're going to become an adult and then yeah. you'll reach your potential, which <laughs> that's a lie yeah, most of the of time. Um, I thought I was going on it. Yeah, that's I was I knew what I wanted to be when I was when, when Smash Mouth came out. I knew exactly who and what I wanted to be then. I still kind of have that idea, but it's it's been more muddled by adulthood and rent and car payments and bills and things that sort of like slow it down. But like everybody has that. I feel like I interrupted you, train of thought. I'm sorry. No, I, okay. I was done. I had this like weird half smile where like your teeth weren't really showing, where you were like, <laughs> it's not like you wanted to say something. I was about more. to start growling at you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let's get to this. Yes. Because um, we're out of time, and our guest brought, I mean, we're not out of time, but we're running out of time very quickly, and our guest brought the most adorable basket of treasures. So. Before we, before we introduce him, uh, I'm going to read a poem from this steno, one of my original steno notebooks. Um, and uh, on the front it says Lisa Mandel 422 because I was always obsessed with that number. And I think I wrote this the summer after freshman year um, at the summer program that I went to. Not going to call it wh- camp. What year was that? It was uh, 1998. July 1998. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> So the hits, the top five songs at the time were I'll Never Break Your Heart by the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> Iris by the oh, Goo Goo Dolls. Barf. Oh, yeah, Secret Crush that. song. Hate yeah. Really? Not everybody had that Secret I Crush song. Come on, song. City of Angels. Um, Just the Two of Us by Will Smith. <laughs> okay. Really nice, really nice. And then uh, Semisonic with Closing Time. Oh, God, this was a shitty summer. Um, oh, no, no, wait. The number one song is going to blow your mind. Don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith. Oh, of course. Great song. You're right. It is Armageddon summer. Yeah, it was because Armageddon was out. So it was Bullworth because Ghetto Superstar was also a hit at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so was there was a there were like summer of 98 didn't realize was I said this. I probably said this consecutively in other episodes, but summer of 98 was an important year for somebody who likes movies because that summer Pie came out, which was the first Aaron Aronofsky film. Uh, Small Soldiers, which is a Joe Dante film that later on needs to be reappraised. Madeline, 
which is a really good movie for my my brother because he was like a child at the time. It's, there's something about Mary came out in July. Okay, that's epic. That's Mask, epic. Yeah, uh, Mask of Zorro, which if you're a fan of Zorro, uh, which is like there's five of us now, <laughs> that was a good movie. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, was, came out. Saving Private Ryan and Armageddon came out the same year. Yeah. So did uh, so did the negotiator, which was when we all started to become aware of Kevin Spacey. That was like a nego- uh, that was like I a, have no idea what that uh, is. Samuel L. Jackson Kevin Spacey joint, but it really didn't didn't go anywhere. Uh, and Ever After, which was like the beginning of let's do like uh, let's do fairy tales with like a modern soundtrack type gimmick. Right, fairy tales set in the big city. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ever After was more like yeah, kind of sort. I don't I don't know. And basketball. <laughs> That's it. There's okay. a, lot of, a lot of stuff in July. Well, um, this is uh, uh, a poem from uh, the year that I turned 65, <laughs> I guess. Listen to it, and you'll be like, "Who the f- how do you know any of this? Okay, there's no title. He pours a glass, slides it down the cool mahogany bar, <laughs> remembers the night that the, women, that the woman in Burgundy was at the receiving end. Remembers the angle of the slender cigarette on the pouty lips. Remembers the dim chaos of this smoke-smothered cavern, his sultry dwelling. He hears the musical martinis clink, (laughs) olives afloat. Remembers the mouths that once chattered and eyes that once gossiped on these empty stools. Remembers the zeal of the jazz pianist's fluid fingers on these silent Oreo keys. Remembers the lunatic stories of the wasted regular slumped in that empty doorframe. And the jangle of coins and the pungent men's cologne mingling with the fluff smoke and wisps of steam and sweat and long-tinted fingernails clicking on the bar and the music, the blue notes so slow, weeping in the heat so thick it didn't matter who shared what end of the bar as long as they shared a drink and a lost life story. He remembers. He pours another glass. So where was Lissa at at this time? Where was she? What was she up to? What was she- well, I had just bought this book called, um, oh, fuck, now I don't remember. It's not called Diners, Drivers, and Dives, but it's like similar. <laughs> it's like a similar title. It was a book of poetry that took place in uh, bars and, and divey motels uh, and diners across the country. And, um, and I, I think I was trying to mimic that. Uh, voice, I, I just I I felt so wistful. I always felt so wistful. You yes, know what I but mean? But like this is, it breaks my heart that that Lissa could never experience New York, the actual New York where there was smoke and bars. No, by the time I got there, it was fucking paved over with banks. I was yeah. like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yes, I was I, I was ready for it. But also reading that, aren't you like, oh my gosh, I see how you're my soulmate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because at that time I was like into that sort of gimmick, but unable to verbalize. We were both listening to every version of Harlem Nocturne that we could find. Yeah, right around that. Well, not around that time. Right around like Napster. On LimeWire. Yeah, Napster. Napster, yeah. Napster and LimeWire, that came like 99, 2000. But we were, we had yearnings that would get us there at that time. Anyway. Let's get, we have to get to our guest we because do. I feel like he's jangling his keys at us like a parent. Like, oh, he's like, putting on chapstick. Leave him alone. <laughs> oh, so that's what they call it. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes. So uh, we met our guest on set uh, doing a cool project that I'm. We could talk not, about I, it. I'm not. I'm not sure we can. There's uh, going to be a. I mean, it was I did, announced. It's gonna uh, be okay, a, okay, we're going to let him say what he wants to say about it if he wants. Fine. He's he. <laughs> 
he, he is an actor and uh, a jovial, again, dapper, very great entertaining shirt. individual. He's wearing a great shirt. His name is Clayton Ferris. Okay. So it's slow motion. We're on a dance floor. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's been biding his time. He's been against the wall for the, up to this moment. The disco ball is spinning, and we see the rainbow lights, like, glinting across his face. Oh, across his bow tie? Across his bow tie. He swirls his uh, his glass of punch. Yep. But no one can see because it's in a red cup, so it really, like, you may as well just be jangling. Yeah, but out. it feels like a martini glass. Yes. And then in slow motion, with his with his bow tie and his and his tuxedo, uh, he he begins to stride slowly toward the center of the dance floor. Not to meet a person. To dance with to himself. Dance with himself. Hi, Clayton. Welcome. Hi. How's it going? Welcome to the show. I was like, where is? What am I gonna do? But I probably would go dance by myself. Would you? <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. I realize that I don't really know a goddamn thing about you, which is why this is so fun. I know. It's like, let's just get to know each other on the air, live, yeah. in yeah. person. That's right. I'm just more fascinated. I was actually not jingling my keys. I was like just fascinated listening to you guys oh. talk. And here, I love hearing people's experience of LA and like why they hate it early on or like, mm-hmm. you know, at what moment you either learn to love it or just like fucking leave and like leave it behind. Are yeah. you from here? I'm not from here, but I've lived here 10 years. Okay. okay. Where so, are you from? I'm from Texas, Dallas, oh. Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I moved out here 10 years ago. And I think that for me, it took me like, I, I liked it. I got lucky. I liked it kind of early on, but there, you just have to give it a little bit, a bit, a bit of time, yeah. you know, because I don't, th- I think there's shitty people everywhere. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? And it's like, don't hang out with shitty people. Yeah. So I've been slowly, it's been a process of elimination. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> it's a job. I mean, like it's a, it's the employment thing. I feel like that's, that's hard to get into a groove of, but totally. I think I'm, I'm finding Slowly finding that, piecing that together, but it's yeah. just—it. It, I mean, it is a time. It is a patience thing, and like it's different. I feel like moving here from New York as opposed to anywhere else is such a like body slam culture shock because it's like you're running so fucking fast you can't even see straight, and then you get here and it just stops. Everyone's like so chill. Yeah. Like just fucking stops. Yeah. When I first got here, I was like, "How is no matter when you drive by like a cafe or a coffee shop, there's always people." There in other cities, it's like they're not there at certain times of the day, you know, yeah. between like two and five or whatever. No one's at these places. But in L.A., it's like every place is always occupied. Mm-hmm. Every park is always full. It's just weird. But that's like the good thing about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, but it's funny. Be- it's funny that that's your perception of it, because for me, when I see a quote unquote park that's full, it's empty here because in New York, it's like there are people wall to wall everywhere all the time. And then you come here and it's like. Uh, am I dreaming right now? Like yeah. it, it. So I feel like maybe coming from uh, a place like Texas, a place to like here. Texas, or a place like anywhere else that's like um slightly less populous, right? It's gonna feel like a step up, but for us, it kind of feels like slowing way the fuck down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is. It, it it requires your patience. And in New York, nobody has patience, but nobody needs patience because everything happens so yeah, fast. I don't think I've ever needed patience. But exactly. I think it's that that um, because there is, especially people, everyone's like freelance here. I'm an actor, so I have so much downtime. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the way to um, deal with that and not go crazy and just be depressed and like 
go hide is to like do all this stuff like meditate or like, mm-hmm. you know, like all these spiritual things that people <laughs> do people in LA. I have so many yeah. rocks in my pockets, dude. Cause I, yeah. All these crystals and stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, but it's like, why do people do that here? And I'm, I'm slowly figuring out it's because everyone's miserable and like, you have to do those things to buy time because mm-hmm. it, it is a weird mm-hmm. place. And I don't, I don't, as I'm saying, it sounds kind of shitty, but it's like, yeah, you're like, I'm a loner. I love to be by myself and I have to. Interesting. I never would have guessed that about you. Right. And so I have to make myself, especially lately, be like, okay, I'm going to go to a party or I'm going to go like hang out with friends. And when I do, it's not like I dread being there. I love hanging out with people. Mm -hmm. But it's like just making that like that. I don't know. And then when you get together, it's not like I'm going to go to the party and be like, I haven't seen people for two days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be like. Yeah, you turned it on. Yeah. I'll just be like in the moment and be like having fun. Like I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm a miserable person. I'm just saying, like, I think that there is that understanding that everyone is kind of. Yeah, that's what that's what reveals itself in layers. And it's so funny because like as when I was preparing to move here, like I thought about moving here for three whole years before I actually did it. And I visited a bunch of times. And every time I came, I felt so great. And I was like, this is amazing. It's beautiful. Look at all this great coffee. You know, this is where the industry is. Well, I think you spent enough time. Well, well <laughs> but I would talk to people who lived here and I would really hammer them and try to get their read on it. Right. And everybody kind of gave me this like kind of lukewarm, like a little bit restrained sort of response about it, which I didn't really understand until I was living here. And I was like, Oh, I get it. There is a lot of misery here. It's just like presents in a very different way yeah. from elsewhere. Well, I think it's you like your career here works in like waves and just like mm-hmm. severe ups and downs. Yeah. So it's like you're always at some level of this like wave of like your last booking or like this yeah. last great job you did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's fucked up, but like that's what's fun about it, too. If you can if you can handle the downtimes. Right. I sound so no, dark. no, 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 no. This is we this started it dark. With I mean, with this, I, it's my fault. No, no, I asked you for it because listen, I, I listen. This podcast uh, is a great for 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 nostalgia and talking about the past, but I think it's also really important to talk about who we are and where we are now. Yeah, I, mean, I think that it helps paint the back the the, the back pages too. Yeah. Um. um so well, you wouldn't be who you are now without all that. You know, like... Well, exactly. Well, our tagline is treasure what got you here. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But But then the one other thing that was interesting you were talking about is kind of like the social media stuff. Yeah. Because I used to have like a a large social media following and I was like really in that world. And for some reason now I just like, it like grosses me out so much. Yeah, it does kind (laughs) of... Just like if I'm like... Like, I'll wake up and my thought is like, I need to post a selfie today. It's like, or I need to post a photo of me. It's like, you don't need... To do that. Yeah. Well, I think the, the the problem is that, like, first of all, as actors, we're all people who really do want attention. Like, we really, there's something planted inside of us that makes us want to live very publicly, like, already. And right. it used to be you would get that opportunity when you could be on stage or when you could be on camera. But now that opportunity is available literally 24 Anytime. hours a day, yeah. which is very bad for, like, enabling addictions to needing Especially, attention. yeah. You know? In a place where the business is attention-seeking itself and like, that the people and that now casting directors are like oh it's between these two actors how many instagram followers do they have we're gonna take the one with more yeah, yeah. but i'm from the school if i went to your instagram i mean yeah so if we're talking about people that have like millions of followers but if i went to someone's instagram and they have all this content and videos but it's like not good and it make you know it doesn't mm-hmm. showcase them as good actors or mm-hmm. like doesn't showcase a likable quality about them i would say that that's a losing 
yeah. thing that they're doing. Right, yes. but this is why we're of, we're of the same mind. Right. And, yeah. Plus we're older. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I told this woman that I was serving at my, at my restaurant the other day my age, and she was like, never say that again. And I was like, okay. She yeah. was like, you're tw- you play 23. And I was like, yes, well, I do. I say that. <laughs> I do say that. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I auditioned a bunch of child actors or, or helped audition a bunch of child actors and the last actor of the day, because it was for the role was for eight to fourteen, and the the role the the guy the last one, he was like, my name is blah blah blah, I am I play, or I'm over eighteen for playing a thirteen year old, but he looked thirteen. Oh God! But They're he robots. yeah. Huh? Yesterday I had an audition where this these kid these two twin there I was playing the dad there were two twins and their name it was like. Stella and Emma, like, Rosestein, or, like, some definitely a Jewish name. Right, right. But when we did our tail slate, which is where you have to say your name, that one of the kids said, like, Stella Perez. She, like, m- she like messed up her name. And then she was like, no, no, I Stella Rosestein. Like, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh, wow. And this, these girls were, like, six or seven. Yep. And I was like, that's fucked up. Yep. And also, I wanted to tell the mom, like, it's probably be more valuable right now to be a Perez than a Rose Steen. Yeah. That, yeah. That, well, but that's, isn't that why she said Perez? Because, like, maybe she's been, like, trained to... I think her last name is Perez, but oh. for some reason she's saying her name is Rose Steen or whatever it is. Oh, I thought maybe she's Jewish, but her parents were, like, coaching her to, like, say she was Latina. See, I think her parents are kind of stuck in the 90s, and they're coaching her to be Jewish. Oh, well, wow. hate to tell you, Stella big, and Emma, that's not going to do yeah. you any favors that's anymore. Right. I'm Listen, so her, sorry. Her parents are big Neil Simon fans. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> they had hopes for these twins. Wait, we have to we have to get to the top. Yes, 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 we because, do. And I, would, I wouldn't otherwise rush, but I know that um, that Veronica's recording right after us. And Time I crunch. need to get to this basket of goodies. So you're from Dallas. And from Dallas, Texas. Did you always anticipate that you would end up here? Did oh. you have dreams of being in... Los yeah. Angeles. Yes. I, I, well, I had, I never had dreams of coming to LA, but I always had dreams of being an actor and I always have been an mm-hmm. actor. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I, I remember, I guess it's like my sophomore year teacher. I, I remember vividly writing like, what do I want to be doing in 10 years? And it was like, I want to be doing commercials. <laughs> like, Wow. That's, nice. that's so um, reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't really know, you know, like I was just like, I want to, at that age, you're like, I just want to do commercials and have a, I just want to make money as an actor. Like you don't really know what it is you mm-hmm. and you can't fathom. Like I couldn't fathom living in Los Angeles at that time. Mm-hmm. Just didn't think it would happen. Did you like living in Texas? Did you have a good childhood? Life? I had a great childhood life. I mean, I got picked on a little bit, and like I got called fag a lot growing up because I was friends. Me with, too. <laughs> because I was friends with all the girls, and I did like musical theater. Mm-hmm. But I was also like semi popular and like a lot of people liked me so it was just like it was just like that one sect of like really mask bros that played sports that hated me sure. but everyone else I loved and they loved me you know what I mean so it wasn't that bad yeah you're a, you have you're a personality yeah. and you weren't fitting into like the usual like cis male gender yeah, right yeah norms. yeah it didn't seem like that group of people was kind of tiresome at our I can only assume we're of we're around the same age but I think in that in that time frame, that group of people that did not like us uh, were being phased out because I think it has become more well-rounded. I think the nerds are now the bullies totally. in, in some it, ways. It was that because I'm in that age where I guess it, what is it? It's like the millennial and the 
Yeah, we're Gen right in between. Yeah. The Zennials. The Zennials. Yeah, we're, we're generation. We have a name now. We're generation O for yeah. for uh, Oregon Trail. And I, I exactly. <laughs> and I think that a lot of the way I was, and especially when I started reading all this stuff, I was like, oh, my, all I wanted to talk about this time was like, who cares what your sexuality is? Who cares what like you're trying to be? We're all nothing and nobody. Like I was yeah. writing this stuff. Like that was what I was thinking. So I just feel. So I'm like, I'm just very early millennial. Yeah. <laughs> I mm, yes. I don't want to identify as No, I want to I, I want to identify as a millennial purely because uh I'm used to being blamed as a as a member of Drumline in high school, I was used to being blamed for things that were not my fault. So I can identify with millennials. <laughs> and I'm realizing this now. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm with him. Sorry. No, no, no. You're out. You're out, Lisa. <laughs> Cuz I wasn't or a Drumline? Or you're no, you're in actually. You're a millennial. Welcome. Don't Welcome. ever call me that. You're a millennial? I mean, Pull out your you're Lisa? I, I play a millennial. Why are you holding two fidget spinners fingers right now on your fingers? Like <laughs> fidget spinners. Perfectly balanced. Dang it, I said fidget Listen, spinners. Listen, I, I encountered my <laughs> first fidget spinner like in my hand the other day. Somebody brought it into my restaurant and it was the most satisfying I know, thing I love them. ever. I really like, I like the one that Aton has. The... The one that's like all the little clicks, oh, like the yeah. square one. No, oh, that, but this was like it was like a cube. wheel. <laughs> I like the, oh, sorry. <laughs> Get it right. It's not a spinner. I know it can't spin. But that one's more like that one to me is like actually when they were like these are good for people with ADD. Like is the cube? Yeah. And the fidget spinner is just a. It's just a toy. It is a toy. Yeah. It is a toy, but it's very. It's really satisfying, you know. Yeah. And I. Uh, but I don't know. I used to have a purse with like this, um, like metal mesh. There's. People, women will know what I'm talking about, but like uh, chainmail. It, it's kind of chainmail, but it's it's like <laughs> I know soft, it, I know. like movable. It's kind of soft, and I I feel like that was like my fidget spinner. Uh, it did what it needed to. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, what is this? Yes, tell you have to describe this. To what the is listeners. this? There's a there's a re- okay. Okay, so it. there's a there's a red like it's a mesh. Speaking of mesh, it's a red. Hey. It's kind of like a red mesh metal pencil case, and it has all these. And there's probably about 60 folded up pieces of paper. So amazing. And it's just, it's all my writings from like 95 to like 2003. It's not all of them, but it's like for some reason the ones that I were like, this needs to go in this box. There's also journals and stuff back at my parents' house. But uh, I actually, when I realized I was going to do this, I was like, okay, what do I have? Because I don't have a lot of stuff here in in Mm -hmm. town. But I I realized that I still have this because it's important to me and it's traveled with me. And I I went back and read a bunch of things in it and realized I was like a fucked up kid. Not a fucked up kid, but like who I am now back then. It's like, how are these the same people? Really? Yeah, because I feel like I'm so grounded mm-hmm. now. I know that sounds weird, but like I just feel so much more grounded. And this is literally someone trying to figure out who they are. Yeah, all of these writings. I love so that. so weird. <laughs> So did you choose some that are uh, especially Well, so we juicy? were talking about the acting stuff. So I have mm-hmm. this I have this one piece I wrote about me trying to get into this school called KD Studios, which is one of those like fake acting schools mm-hmm. in a small town where they like try to like get you to come there and take acting classes. Mm-hmm. And then I have like my poetry from when I was like just like a a budding teenage sad artful poet. Great. Great, please. And I don't, uh, maybe I'll just start with one of the poems. How about that? Yeah. Um, there, were, there were many to choose from. But also it's like, I don't write poetry anymore. I haven't for 10 I don't years. Either. I was just thinking about that. I tried to write a poem at Echo Park Lake the other day, and I was like, I don't know how to do I don't this know anymore. How to but start. I wrote so much yeah, when I was and little. It's like, where, why would I be writing all this poetry 
at that time. And now when I feel like I'm smarter and, you know, more erudite. Yeah. And experience so much more. I'm not writing poetry. I guess it's at this, when you're young, you're like, you're still dreaming and like think that there's certain things. Yeah. You still have (laughs) dreams. Right. (laughs) So this one's called like water. And also I learned from this. So when I was in high school, middle school, high school, and college, I was obsessed with this girl named Amy Heron. And she was my girlfriend in high school, but I was just always obsessed with her. So like kind of, remember how Counting Crows always references Maria and like all his songs? It's like all of these things have some reference to Amy. And it's so, it's so weird. (laughs) And so this is like, this is probably a poem for her. It's called Like Water. So many yesterdays add up to today. These old days of ecstatic trips, funk and puppy love, gunk in the hair, scents linger on the pillow. You are my sixth sense. Numerous cliches you and I are, some we're not. What are we? A doggy bag stuffed with leftovers still warm? A fear of tomorrows? The crutch of a disabled youth? Mates? I still wade in a shallow connection, waiting for a flood, a low tide. Perhaps, perplexed, per hour I will pay to know me. Much obliged for understanding, more so for standing by, minus on communication. I may lose, fumbling words and repressed thoughts out of my mouth from my tongue onto the floor where they spread across the tile like water. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fucking great. Seriously. It's great, but it's also not great. Well. <laughs> and it's like, it's written in like, kind of like. You typed it. It's typed Is and it, it has it's like. It's got the E coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like different weird, like. Where did. Where, Mine is like that too. I don't have this anymore. I know, I know. It's a. It's like maybe it's from a past life. Yeah. Or know? if if I was like this now, I feel like people would have sex with me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's. I feel like it's a skill that has really atrophied. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well now I can write, like, funny one line Twitter posts, but I can't like put together a piece of art. Like it's that just anymore. training. It's retraining. I it's mean, retraining because this is I was like in you know you're taking poetry classes or you're like doing you're in you're you're writing poems in school so it's just like our brains have atrophied that's what it is (laughs) no now i'm just writing tweets and like fucking short form videos that no one wants to watch exactly but the the fun thing about this to me is like it's it references something about um the pillow being full of like uh what is it uh gunk in the hair scents linger on the pillow that's a reference to bedhead like that Remember that, like, hair product? Yes. Yeah. It was so in a we, hot pink bottle. I remember it. Well, the, yeah, but this one was, like, the tube. It was, like, oh. this waxy tube. And uh-huh. we would just be, like, we would just rub. We had so much bedhead in our hair at the time. You and this girl? Me and this girl. And, like, our pillow would be, like, in the morning, it would just have this, like, thin foam. It would be, like, <laughs> on our face. And you could, like, smell it. That's such a specific thing. Yeah. You, and both, I, you both had this love affair with this product? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bedhead was a big thing yeah. for me, too. Yeah, we were, like, the same person. I the shit out of my hair. Yeah, but, like, was, dry spike. Like, not, like, that weird crunchy. Well, yeah, exactly. It was, like, it was just this weird wax that would make you just, like... And I look... Yeah. You look back at those pictures, and your hair's just, like, stacked up. And you're, like, God, that's so 90s. And then it yep. had frosted tips? I Did you ever? Tips. Yeah, Phil had frosted you, tips. Yeah, I bleached my hair once. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a one-time thing. It was meant to... Get closer to my sister because she was into that sort of thing, and I was. And then oh, that's did you it. tell her that ever? No, my sister bleached my hair with like little strips once, and then it went. It like went to bleached, and so we were scared of my mom's reaction, so she started like cutting and <laughs> lights <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, Wait, so your older you had an older sister? Yeah, I have three sisters actually. Oh my god! Yeah, and are you the youngest of all of them? I have one younger sister, two older. And uh, how how did that affect? Like, did they 
Did they play with you like that in that way? Did they try to like dress you up and style you? Um, I mean, maybe like, it's not like I, I, I never like rejected that stuff. Like we were always dressing up and like doing shows and like, you know, all that type so of they're stuff. Like, so theatrical people yeah, as well. We, I come from a theatrical fan. Not like they're not professional, professionally theatrical, mm-hmm. but everyone is like loud, funny, um, alcoholics, dresses up. And is it, is your <laughs> family like many generations from Texas or were they transplants from elsewhere? Um, I would say like three or four generations Texan. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you have the Texas pride. I have a bit of Texas pride in me, even though I'm not like, you know, I'm as liberal as they come. But yeah. I just, whenever I say Texas pride, like you just, it's just more about like, I don't know. It's just like that whole, it is kind of just like the nostalgic idea of Texas of just like right. good old barbecues and family and guitar playing and like that type of stuff. <laughs> Did you do that? Did you? Did your family sit around on holidays and and play music together? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I, nice. I'm so jealous. Yeah. My sister's a musician who lives in Nashville right now, and she's <sighs> actually moving out here because her band broke up. They're called Somebody's Darling, and oh. she's like, "I'm coming. I gotta come to LA." And I'm like, "Are you sure you want to come to LA? Like, because I always like watch her like snaps and see what she's doing in in Nashville, and she's always they're always on some porch." playing music, cooking. There's like a big audience, like at, just at someone's house. And I'm like, that's not here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared for her not being an actress to come here and like experience kind of what you were talking about. Just shitty I people. Mean, Cause Nashville is definitely like the only Nashville is Nashville. There's nothing like that no. for yeah. music, but then she'll, she'll just have to create that here. Yeah, exactly. Just like we were trying to create. Bitch seat. Being honest about your feelings here. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, can we, can we hear another one? Yes. Oh my God. This is great. We're going to have to have you back because this basket needs to be pawed through. This is a, yeah. So this are, these are like, I'm not reading these because I'm like, check out my poetry. Like, I think these are funny. (laughs) I know, but listen, if I want to compliment you on it, I'm going to fucking do it. So relax. Okay, here we go. This is just something. Oh my God. Sing me a song, fill it with love, patch up my heart with glee, empty my thoughts into your onward marching soul, leave shocked with what you do to me, mold us into forever standing statue, forget the ordinary. (laughs) It's an anthem. It's an anthem. That's so great. (laughs) But why don't we do this anymore? I don't know, I love it. Would you want to sit down sometime and just have like a poetry writing hour? I would, totally. Because I really want to get back into the practice of it. I really have completely left it behind. Yeah, I, I did it in college. I wrote poetry in college. Yeah. And but I mostly was just me trying to mimic Charles Bukowski. Right, but we're always trying to mimic someone, but, like, we, we, we pulled it off more than we thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, like, you're just in, I don't know, like, I'm not in love right now, so it's like. I'm where's not, the inspiration? Yeah, where's the inspiration? And, like, this is all coming from one specific person yeah. who doesn't even really know that she's, like, responsible for it. So that's kind of interesting. Well, man. But you said you did date her. No, I did, but it's like. She, I don't like, I don't know. And actually, she was. Did you ever share these with her? Well, that's the other weird thing is there's a lot of letters in here that are. I gave, I wrote her many, many things that I gave to her. But for some reason, I feel like I may have written them and kept them or like um, never giving her. Like they stayed in the drafts folder. Yeah, which is weird. And this actually going back to this artifact, I realized that there's a lot of unfinished stuff here. And that's like something that I, that's kind of something I still have a problem with now, like not finishing. Like, cause I write scripts now and like mm-hmm. I, there's so many that are just 
unfinished. Like, yeah, but that's how it's going to, I mean, like you can put it away yeah. and then pull it out Is three it? years later. Yes, yes 100%. Have absolutely. you read Bird by Bird? I haven't. Uh, by uh, Anne Lamott. It's a great book on writing. It's beautiful. And uh, you just have to like put out as much as you can and it's not all going to be perfect. And then you select the things, you come yeah. back to it. But it's weird because a lot of times to me, it's just like the idea that's the the part of writing that I really like is just like coming up with that initial idea and getting that initial jolt mm-hmm. and then kind of like. Oh, totally. I mean, I think we're the same in that way where I, I would have an idea and I would like spill it out onto the page, but then I had zero desire to edit it and come up with a second draft. Yeah. Zero. I was like, it came out in its perfect form, the way it descended from heaven or whatever. And now it's done. So I, yeah, I'm going to read yes. one more. This is my, this is cause I wrote a lot of comedy poetry. Amazing. <laughs> what even is that? And this is, or like, uh, here we go. So this is, uh, this is, this is rated R, but not put it in my biggest hole. Grind with your thing. That's dull. Wiggle it around. Make me scream in and out. I see steam. It hurts so bad. I start to cry. Then something shoots in my eye. It's finally over. I'm calming down. I wipe my mouth and look around. Never again. It felt like a fist. I always hate going to the dentist. (laughs) Why did I write that? Are you sure your mouth is your biggest hole? (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God. Sorry, is that too? No. No, that's great. No, no, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, I love that it's so far away from the previous things you did. (laughs) uh, I'm embarrassed. I feel vulnerable. Good. That's the point. That's it. That's it. And that's the other thing is when you come here with something that you did when you were a teenager, more often than not, a lot of folks wind up. Uh, focusing back in on that because they realized that there was something that was previously available to them that's been dormant for a while. Yeah. And so, like, you might find yourself... Writing poetry now. I mean, we had a guy... We had a comic come on our show in New York, uh, Joe Zimmerman, and he showed us these pictures that he drew of turtles when he was really little. No, was it turtles or the turtles... He, he drew pictures of animals and shit when he was little. And then a few weeks later on, on social media, I saw that he had like picked up his drawing again. And yeah, he was nice. like, yeah, totally. This is because of your show. And I was like, great. I hope that, yep. you know, real art like reigns again in a non-professional yeah. way. Yeah. This place, like we talk about the present, we talk about the past, but a lot of what we do is, is sort of bridge them together because you're, you begin to realize you're the same person. Right. Uh, you know, some things change, some things happen, but you're, you know, you're, you have the same I interests. I hope I'm the same person. I mean, that's the thing is that like, I think that when you become an adult, like a lot of shit just dies. Like you also it's just going to die. Like push it down and push, put it away because it, you don't think it's right for the time or who you are now, but you, you're but, the same person. And that you guys are basically saying this, but it's like when you write or create when you're younger, you're not thinking of it as like, can I sell this? Or like, can I, you know, you're, you're just writing because you want to, you love it. And it's yeah. something you want to get off your chest or, exactly. yeah, or give to one specific person, not like trying to rot, write like broad for everyone to enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. I wanted to, but, but I mean, maybe part of the reason why I'm not like hugely successful uh, yet is because like I still am holding on to this not wanting to water myself down at all for for masses of people. Right. So uh oh. Is this an earthquake? No. No, <laughs> we have to get out of this space, which I uh which uh I knew. So um so before we go I'm going to give you a gift. Okay. We give all of our guests gifts. Yes, and we would love to have you back because there's so many more we, notes. I know, we have a lot. <laughs> and we don't even know about this woman, this girl that you dated. Amy. 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 She's Amy. married now with kids. Of course she well, is. Lives in Austin, Texas. She like has a really rich husband. Oh, she's doing all right. <laughs> in Austin? Oh, man, she's having fun. Yeah. Um. So uh, I give all of my 
guests uh, some piece of ephemera from my childhood bedroom because it's still intact and my family still lives there. So I have this like treasure trove of junk uh, and I like to give it a second life. So for you today, uh, I, of course, snatched all of the hotel notebooks from every hotel that I ever went to with my family. And this one, very special for me. It's from uh, Le Meridian Hotel in Ooh, Boston, nice. which was is a fucking amazing hotel. We stayed in, we went there for Thanksgiving weekend one year, and uh, it was like a duplex room. So there was like a loft in. It was like a a gigantic long window that looked out over Boston, and there was a loft where like one of the beds was. So fancy. That my brother and I stayed at. So <laughs> this you. is for you. Please write some poetry. I'm gonna on write there. some fresh poetry on this. And yes. uh, if you have a real quick. Uh, plug that you would like to make before you go? Uh, I'm actually performing at the Nerdist uh, in a show called Nominees Mm -hmm. on the 14th, Friday the 14th. Of July? Of July, 8 p.m. Awesome. It's like an acting, um, it's like an acting, like award, like it's like best actor wins. (laughs) So, and I think that that's what makes it funny. And and it's here at the, at uh, at Nerd Nerd Melt? Yeah, Nerd Nerd Melt, yeah. Um, Amazing. Well, Clayton, we're going to have to have you back. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank Thank you you so much for being on the bitch seat. And uh, for all of you lovely listeners, you know the deal. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. Follow Uh, us on Twitter at the underscore bitch underscore seat. And and, uh, uh, Treasure, we got you here. (laughs) Namaste. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me, t- let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. <laughs> they scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one uh, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque <laughs> club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production.